Nationwide surveys show more than one in five Americans are sleeping worse now than before the pandemic. Research also says a third of young people are facing elevated stress with too much screen time as a contributing factor. It turns out the antidote to both these problems has been here all along. It just had to get smarter. One smart alarm clock could save us from device overload, not to mention those bright blue lights that drain us of the melatonin we need to sleep. As coronasomnia continues to keep Americans up at night, Experts look to our own biological clocks for clues that could lead to more shut-eye. New research on the body clock pinpoints the different sleeping patterns between men and women. It suggests understanding how we slumber could be the first step toward better health, and more importantly, better sleep. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about how smart clock technology can relieve daily stressors and help soothe anxiety. Offering less screen time and more sleep quality, devices like Lenovo's Smart Clock Essential could be the answer to saving your mental health at night. Our second story is about the body clock science that explains why men and women sleep differently and the potential consequences these differences have on human health. Based on these findings, researchers offer new clues on how the circadian rhythm influences how we work, travel, and of course sleep, all without us ever knowing. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, how smart clock technology could save your mental health. The Lenovo Google Assistant Smart Clock. Now, this is similar to a Google Home Mini that has access to Google Assistant. That's made to sit on your nightstand. So it's not going to blow you away. This is really a clock first assistant. I won't say second, but delivers a whole new take on the experience. What your commute is going to be like, what the news headlines are. By using voice commands from a variety of sources, it just starts playing them out. A small speaker device. Your calendar appointments. A nice fabric design. With Google Assistant and a screen. All right, this isn't that difficult of a product to wrap your head around, okay? When you think of a bedroom alarm clock, you likely have to rummage back into the compartment of your brain where things like payphones, fax machines, and AOL dial-up is stored. Goodbye. And while they have become smarter, alarm clocks are still basic mundane room fixtures, often overlooked by big deal tech bros. While smart alarm clocks remain the basic bunch amid a group of cooler tech kids, Inverse notes that there are some exceptions out there, ones that not only preserve the smart and smart tech, but may actually keep your mental health in check at night. The Lenovo Smart Clock Essential for one. It combines voice-powered Google Assistant with just the basics to help ward off doom scrolling and kick off a high-tech nightly routine. Just say, Hey Google, good night. Okay, let's get ready for bed. And at once you can turn off all the lights in your home, set an alarm, get the next day's weather, and then play relaxing rain sounds that soothe you into the next day. Sleep well. Executive editor at Inverse, Nick Lucchese, joins the podcast with more on how the concept of new tech meets old basics saved his mental health at night. Hey, Nick, good to have you on the podcast finally. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. What's going on, Tanya? No, just brushing up on smart clock tech. <laughs> So let's start with um, the original Lenovo Smart Clock. It ended up being a key tool for your mental health at night this past year. What do you attribute that to? Walk us through, you know, your past issues with nighttime stress and how using this smart clock helped with this. 
Yeah, sure. I think it's important to say that I have like a, a smart home and I'm proud of that fact. So all of I have a lot of uh, Philips Hue lights that are I control with the Philips Hue app and then also with my Google Home app. I use the Lenovo Smart Clock, which does use the Google Assistant tech to turn off all the lights at night, uh, set my alarm, and uh, generally get a better night's sleep by removing the iPhone from my bedroom. So I just set up a Google routine where I said, you know, hey, good night. I'm not saying it now because there's a speaker in the room, but I would say I would effectively say good night and then the lights would turn off. It would ask me what time I wanted to set the alarm. It would give me the weather forecast for the next day. And it would play like the sounds of uh, uh, rain, which is a really peaceful way to go to bed instead of, say, doom scrolling on Twitter. So here we are with the latest iteration. The newest version evolved to be a device without a touchscreen. That's key here. And you brought up a good point. What do you really need a touchscreen for when you can just use your voice? So it's an evolution that makes sense, but more so maybe one less screen to touch in a room where you know, you're trying to get some sleep is a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. I had the new smart clock and I was looking at it and I was like, wait a minute, there's no there's no touchscreen on this. And I thought that was kind of wonderful. It also brought the price, brings the price down from 80 bucks to 50 bucks. But essentially, there's no screen on this clock, which is wonderful. I don't I didn't need one. I never used one to begin with. And then using voice commands is just an easier way I found to go to bed. It also made it easy to put my phone in in the living room. So I'm all for sort of voice tech in the bedroom instead of another screen that keeps people awake, which we know is like scientifically proven to sort of increase stress and anxiety. And and that blue light that uh, is often talked about in scientific studies does not make it easier to fall asleep. Again, it's something that utilizes this modern voice tech. At the same time, it keeps things to the basic tech essentials. The nightlight, for example. These days, a lot of us settle for stumbling around in the middle of the night using that light from our smartphone, right? How did you find the function useful? Did you? Oh, yeah. Super uh, useful because it'll just kind of stay on all night. It makes it easy for me to like peek over at the bassinet and look at my newborn baby girl and she's sleeping soundly, which is a relief. And I also just want to say how smart smart clocks are just like the least cool like piece of tech. I would not even be talking publicly that I own one, but I just got to st- I have to stand for the smart clock. It is so good and simple and it just uses a uh, Google Home Assistant tech so I can just use my voice and I don't need to look at a screen. I know this sounds like a commercial for a smart clock, but I think it's really more an endorsement of how tech can make your life better if you use it wisely. You don't need to have a smart screen in your bedroom, but voice commands and a simple nightlight, it's just a great technology. and I think it improved my life. So yeah, it's not cool, but it is so useful. I love it. One thing about alarm clocks, even past smart clocks that have been on the market, they're not known for their sound quality. So when you ask this clock to play the abstract or <laughs> use it as sure. a smart entertainment device, can it offer the same type of functionality we've come to expect from these types of devices? Yeah, I reference a, a song by the Jizza, a member of the Wu-Tang Clan in the, in the story, and the speakers are not... Uh, a week, like normal clock radio speakers, which is great because, you know, you can listen to music uh, or a podcast like the abstract on it. And it's it's great. The other thing that I want to say is that we've all seen those like memes of someone's iPhone and they have like 17 different alarms set for like five minutes apart. You don't really need that with a, with a clock like this. It does have a traditional smart clock uh, functionality where or alarm clock functionality. Only you'll just say snooze and it'll go off like 10 minutes later, which is 
it does have the classic functionality to it. And like, I think with iPhones, we introduced this like disruptive force in our mornings. I'm 38 and I do remember a life of waking up before an iPhone or a smartphone. And it is kind of nice to go back to go back to that, but with a modern twist, just using like a voice, simple voice tech. We've talked about this before, um, just the idea that having this type of device in the bedroom, there's something about that that makes it a little more concerning for some people. And the privacy aspect to home devices in general is obviously something that still exists. The question is, how can someone consider that aspect in this whole equation? Do the pros and cons level out? I th- I think voice technology in the bedroom is for the person who does not mind the possibility that a Google employee, a language reviewer is what they're called, might be listening to what you're saying, not not just to the device, but there is the off chance it could just be listening to your conversations, although that's exceedingly sort of improbable and not really well documented. What is documented is humans listening to what you are saying to your Google device to better improve their service. Say if you're in a region of the Netherlands with an interesting or rare, I guess statistically rare, I should say, dialect or accent, there may be a human listening to um, your pronunciation to make to improve the voice recognition service. I mean, that was documented in uh, 2019, a Dutch Google language reviewer leaked, leaked it. So basically you have to be okay with it. And if you're not the kind of person who's okay with an algorithm or a, an AI listening to uh, your commands and then performing a function based on your voice commands, you might not want a smart speaker in your bedroom. It is a little, you know, I think psychologically you think of it as like another human in your bedroom with you listening to your most intimate conversations and moments. But um, if you can get past that, I think you'll have a better night's sleep and you'll remove the uh, idea of like another phone in, or screen, I should say, in your bedroom. I'm pro I'm pro voice commands, if you can't tell. I got the message. Again, it's a good use of tech. It saved Nick from some mental anguish at night. You can head to inverse.com to read more of his full write-up on the latest smart clock from Lenovo. Nick, thanks so much. Thanks, Tanya. The circadian rhythm, also known as the body clock, keeps most living things in time with the passing of the 24-hour day-night cycle. But individual differences are becoming increasingly apparent, especially when it comes to male and females. Up next, how understanding these differences can transform human health. What is the difference between how women sleep and how men sleep? Women sleep is different because of their complex brain. Insomnia is more common among women than men. Great. The internal clock that controls the timing of sleep runs faster in women. When our clocks spring ahead, women suffer more from that than men. The new study suggests that women need 20 more minutes of sleep than men do each night. Biologically, who needs more sleep, men or women? Question is why? The circadian rhythm, also known as the body clock, keeps most living things in time with the passing of the 24-hour day-night cycle. Animals, plants, and microbes are all regulated by the system. But individual differences are becoming more and more apparent, especially when it comes to the differences in body clock experienced by males and females. In an article published September 2020 in the journal Science, researchers say it's time to put more resources into understanding this difference and the potential consequences it has on human health. 
here to talk about the latest and how the body clock and disruptions to it affects our day-to-day life, including how we work, travel, and of course, sleep, <laughs> is Inverse's Sarah Sloat. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tanya. How's it going? It's pretty good. Uh, I've been reading up on this whole body clock research, which we have talked about on the podcast before. What's key here is that we're learning more about how the body clock differs between males and females. Why is that so important for the next stage of research? Yeah. Sean Anderson, he's a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Pennsylvania, and he explained it to me as Understanding this difference allows us to determine whether medical interventions like drug treatments that target the body clock should differ between men and women. You know, there's an overall broader issue in biomedical research, which is that most experiments are conducted on male subjects, whether that's an animal model or not. And it's unclear whether those results translate exactly to females. And so while there's been some like really interesting research done in this area, Anderson and his co-author Garrett Fitzgerald, they argue that this subject, you know, what's the difference between male and female body clocks is understudy. So we did know a bit about the differences. So what are some of the ways a female clock runs differently to a male? Just to give us some examples. Yeah, so this perspective is basically an argument for more research. But the research that we have is pretty fascinating. In animals, for example, research conducted in mice found that the genes that govern the body clock act differently across the sexes and could even protect female mice from heart disease. And in humans, studies indicate that the circadian rhythms of melatonin and body temperature are set to an earlier hour in women compared to men. And this manifests as men having a body clock that is about six minutes longer than women. And while, of course, there are individual preferences to when you want to go to bed, this difference could explain why, on average, most men are, quote, night owls and most women are, quote, early birds. You know, a 2011 paper found that more than one in three women have body clocks that complete a daily cycle in less than 24 hours. I'm curious, is there any clear evolutionary understanding? Because here we have like the same species basically kind of running on two different clocks here. Is there any theories in terms of why that might be or how that ended up to be the case? Mm-hmm. I mean, this goes back to the idea that we just need more research because for now there's no clear understanding of the evolutionary reasons as to why men and women's body clocks aren't exactly the same. But that's to say, these authors argue that one possible reason for the earlier timing we see in women could be because This has helped them historically be more in sync with young children who are also morning types. But, you know, that 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 comes with the caveat of it's something that's still up for debate. But having said that, armed with this information, what can both sexes keep in mind in terms of how their sleep and and this circadian rhythm impacts all kinds of things from day to day stuff to overall livelihood? Yeah, I think that the takeaway of most sleep research is just how important it is to sleep, um, have good sleeping habits, and to respect your needs in regards to how they may fit in with the schedule that society puts in front of you. You know, like that that regular nine to five may not actually work for you when it comes to your body clock. And we know from research that overall men are more negatively affected by sleep deprivation. Women are more resilient to body clock disruptions. Those are challenges to a full night's rest like 
travel across time zones or late night shift working. You know, women also appear to need 20 more minutes of sleep than men. They're also less likely to have energy at night, which can explain that while they can bounce back from shift work, they're also at an increased risk of work-related injuries. Scientists also wonder, because women are more likely to wake up earlier, does that perhaps make them more susceptible to insomnia? And so... There's a lot of challenges that society poses to a sleep schedule that works naturally for you. But ultimately, this is all to say that please, please get eight hours of sleep and treat yourself to a little slumber. Yeah, I think we're all in search of that extra sleep. So this is helpful information. Sarah, thank you so much. Of course. Happy to be here. Head to Inverse.com to read more about the latest sleep science. You can click on the link in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at Inverse.com. Got something to say? Email us at theabstract at inverse.com with any questions, suggestions, story ideas, and anything else on your mind. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening. <laughs>